Hello, hello, my friend, and welcome to another podcast episode. Today, we're going to spend some time discussing a topic that we've never really gone into detail about, and that is, can you afford to quit teaching? Working from home or pursuing a career outside of the classroom is a dream for many current teachers, but the fear of not making enough money keeps them stuck in their current position. They want the flexibility and freedom that a different job would present, but they're worried they can't afford to quit teaching because doing something else might mean a tremendous pay cut. Does that sound really familiar? Do you desperately want to leave the classroom, but you're afraid of walking away from the security of your paycheck? I get it. The idea of leaving your job to start your own teacher business or begin another career can feel utterly terrifying. And because fear is such a strong emotion, it overrides all of our other rational thoughts and we allow fear to dictate our choices. But that stops today because in this podcast episode, we're going to discuss how budgeting, expenses, and quitting are actually linked and how quitting can provide you with more money. So if you're ready, let's go. Welcome to the Classroom Exit Strategies podcast, a podcast for teachers who are thinking about leaving the classroom or starting a side hustle to grow into a self-sustaining business. My name is Jennifer Holt, and I'm here to provide you with strategic action steps designed to help you leave the classroom on your terms. So we're going to dig into how you can ensure that you can afford to quit teaching. Number one, create a budget. You've probably heard the phrase making a budget for years, but have you ever put that knowledge into practice? Have you taken the time to consistently write down your monthly and yearly expenses in order to get control of your money? If not, this needs to be the first step in your classroom exit strategy action plan. You need to write down every expense you have and every bill you get in order to see where your money goes every month. Seeing those numbers in black and white will be a real wake-up call. My husband and I were diligent about this when my boys were little and I was a stay-at-home mom. We cut a lot of expenses because we knew how much our monthly bills were going to be. And to be honest, it took all of my husband's paycheck just to make ends meet. It required us to do without some luxuries, but we were willing to let those things go in order for me to be able to stay at home because it was a trade-off we were willing to make. But we never would have known this was even an option if we hadn't taken the time to create a budget. I'll be honest, this isn't a super fun type of activity, but it's absolutely essential if you're ever planning to leave the classroom. Yes, you're going to mess up. Yes, you will get frustrated. And yes, you're going to want to quit quite regularly, but don't do it. Don't quit. If you'll just keep your eye on the prize, which in this case is the ability to afford to quit teaching and actually walk away from the classroom, your effort will be rewarded. And then after you've created a budget, you need to do number two, which is be consistent. Consistency in your budget is imperative because every month your finances can fluctuate. Yes, you can expect certain bills to be consistent month after month, but the truth is there are tons of unknowns that tend to show up during different months. Let's take a moment and consider November and December. With Christmas comes a plethora of extra spending. And while this is something that you can expect year after year in the months of November and December, it isn't truly reflected in your monthly budget. So consistently tracking your expenses for at least a year will give you the most realistic picture of your overall financial plan. Then there are going to be months where everyone has a birthday or your kids need new sports equipment. The list goes on and on. These unexpected expenses are just part of life, but 
but they're important to account for and document in your budgeting plan. Now, I will tell you, I am almost always a glass half full kind of person. I like to think the best of others and I try to find the positive in every situation. But this tendency can produce budgeting challenges if I'm not careful. Let me give you an example. I have been known to be quite confident that we could make do with $25 for groceries. Why, you might ask? Well, there have been months where we had some unforeseen expenses, which put us at the top of our budget really early on in the month. And that left us with a whole lot more month than money. Does that sound familiar? Well, in my glass half full mentality, I was certain we could live on $25. But no matter how many times I balanced my budget, but no matter how many times I balanced my budget, adding in my $25 for groceries, I was still going to be short money. I could have shouted it until I was blue in the face that I only needed $25. But the reality was my grocery bill and my budget were not going to match. And I say all of that to say this, as you're taking the time to honestly assess your budget, make sure you're writing everything down. Even those things that you don't want to admit, because if you're not being truthful about where the money is going, you will never be able to leave the classroom. Understanding that certain seasons are going to be more prosperous and others are going to require more from you financially is only going to be obvious by taking a look at the numbers on your budget. And those numbers are going to provide you with the information you need to make wise financial decisions. So if you're willing to take the time to objectively look at your finances and budget, you may discover that you have a little more wiggle room than you might think. You also may discover that you could leave the classroom and pursue another career option by simply cutting out a few luxuries you wouldn't even miss. But let me throw out a word of caution. As you're doing this trimming of your budget, make sure your spouse or significant other is on board. You might be willing to cut out specific things, but if your spouse isn't, you're going to set yourself up for arguments and disagreements that you're not going to want to fight. You might want to run some preliminary numbers and then present the findings to your spouse so that you're prepared for any pushback. But just approach this openly in order to stay in fellowship with your spouse. You also may determine that leaving the classroom is actually an option, but it's going to require you to work a couple of more years to make the dream a reality. I know you probably want to quit now, but at least you know the option is feasible. And who knows, maybe you'll have an opportunity to start a side hustle and stockpile some extra money to make your exit even quicker. And that leads us to number three, which is assess your expenses. While we've talked about the importance of creating a budget, tracking consistently, and being honest with expenditures, I want to talk about four very specific expenses that will no longer be part of your budget if you leave the classroom and begin working from home. Number one, eating out. As a teacher, you may not have the opportunity to eat out a lot at lunch because your 30-minute lunch break isn't enough time to get to a restaurant, get back, and also eat. But how much money do you spend each week going to Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts for your coffee? Do you get lunch in the cafeteria at school? How How often do you grab fast food for dinner or a snack for your kids because it's just easier than trying to get dinner going once you get home? When I was in the classroom, we frequently grabbed fast food on the way home because it was already dinner time and we were just leaving the school for the day. Once I became a work-at-home mom, I discovered it actually took more effort to leave the house and go grab fast food than it did to just make something quick and easy at home. So our eating out bill decreased significantly when we were no longer out and about around mealtimes. But let me give you an extra 
extra tip. With the advent of DoorDash and Uber Eats and all the like, it's really easy to make a quick order and have it waiting for you. But the point of eating at home is to give you the opportunity and financial means to be a work-at-home mom. So take time to meal plan and meal prep weekly. While the planning is an integral part, without the prepping, you're setting yourself up for failure. I don't really like to cook very much, so meal planning and meal prepping is the only way for me to stick to eating at home. It reduces my decision fatigue and allows me to stay on track financially. Number two, child care. One of the largest expenses many families incur each week or each month is child care. Most quality child care facilities are as expensive as college tuition, and many teachers find themselves working just to pay for their child's child care. However, if you're working from home, you will no longer be required to send your kids to daycare while you teach. Now, I want to take a moment and mention something here. If you have young children, you can absolutely work during their nap time. But don't consider this your mandatory work time because your kids' schedules are going to change and many days they won't take naps, which is going to result in you being extremely frustrated. You may discover that you need to send them to a child care facility or just have someone come to your home and care for them for a few hours each week in order to get your work done. But don't feel guilty for this. Even if you send your kids to daycare for 10 hours each week, number one, you're saving money, and number two, you're getting your work done. The cost will be significantly lower than the cost of sending them to a quality child care facility five days a week for at least 40 hours or more. When I left the classroom for the final time and became a homeschooling and work-at-home mom, my boys were in upper elementary school and therefore they were old enough to be more independent. So I didn't need to send them to child care or have someone come into my home to provide me with uninterrupted work time. I would wake up, teach my VIP kid classes before they got up, homeschool them, and then work on my business in the afternoons while they played outside, watched TV, or rolled around in the grass like animals because, you know, I have boys. The important thing to remember here is that if you want to leave the classroom, but you're worried about the financial toll this will take on your family, remember that child care costs will decrease dramatically or be eliminated entirely if you leave the classroom. Here's another extra tip. If you want to save even more on child care expenses, consider bartering with a fellow work-at-home mom. You take her kids for a few hours each week, and she can take your kids for a few hours each week. This will provide you both with the needed quiet time to focus on your business without ever having to dip into the family finances. Number three, transportation costs. No matter where you teach, there are transportation costs. Whether you take public transportation or you drive to and from school in your own vehicle, there are expenses. And if you find yourself in the car for an hour or more each way, that's a tremendous amount of wear and tear on a vehicle. So if you take that daily drive out of your financial equation, you're not only saving on gas, you're saving on the number of required oil changes and tire replacements. You're also putting fewer miles on your vehicle as well. And for many, vehicle costs eat up a large chunk of their monthly and yearly income. There's also an added bonus when you remove the commute from your day. If your daily commute takes an hour each way, you can add two hours of work time back into your day by working from home. And just like that, you've given yourself the gift of time. Here's an extra tip. Take time to actually work out the numbers based on current gas prices and frequency of oil changes and tire replacement. This will give you an even more accurate picture of what you're saving. Number four, 
classroom, and school expenses. As teachers, we spend a large percentage of our paycheck investing in things for our classroom, whether it's TPT resources, classroom decor, books, supplies, the list goes on and on. Then there are the gifts and treats for our students, our assistants. Then there's the birthdays and retirement for co-workers and union dues. Honestly, the out-of-pocket costs incurred by classroom teachers is endless. And even if you enjoy giving in this way, they still need to be included in your budget because these expenses are coming out of the money you're making and ultimately will impact whether or not you can afford to quit teaching. No, you're not being reimbursed for these things. So they're a part of your whole financial picture. Extra tip. Track how much you spend on your classroom, including the costs I already mentioned, each month for a few months. Then take the average expenditures as proof of what it is costing you to remain in the classroom. One thing many teachers neglect to consider when weighing the pros and cons of whether or not they can afford to quit teaching is how much money they will actually be saving by not being in the classroom. Yes, you will probably need to find another career path. Yes, you will need to account for a decrease in income for a period of time if you're building your own business. And yes, you need Need to be realistic in how much your family requires to live the lifestyle you choose. But once these four expenses are removed, or at the very least diminished greatly, you will be able to get a more accurate picture of what your income would need to be in order to pay all of the essential bills every month. Spending time working within the boundaries of a budget and noticing trends will allow you to make informed decisions about where you can scale back. Take the necessary time to do the work and assess your budget and your lifestyle. You can absolutely absolutely afford to quit teaching, but you just have to figure out which luxuries you can do without and what type of career path you need to embrace in order to meet your family's financial needs. Friend, I am so excited to see where this journey takes you, and I would love nothing more than to cheer you on and encourage you along the way. So if you have a minute, I would love for you to leave a review of the podcast and then to hop over to Instagram and shoot me a DM and just let me know what takeaways you have learned from this particular podcast episode or anything you like me to discuss on a further episode. And until next time, thanks for listening to the Classroom Exit Strategies podcast at happyteachermama.com. I'm your host, Jennifer Holt, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode.